Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, um, earlier today, um, I posted an article on Steelers.com on uh, Terrell Austin and Frisman Jackson, uh, the Steelers defensive coordinator, and their wide receivers coach. Uh, being a tap to go to uh, uh, it, it's the new initiative uh, that the league has started here to have guys um, come in and basically meet with head coach or with ownership, uh, you know, around the league. So they'll, they'll go to the, uh, the owners meeting or the spring meetings here in Minneapolis and they'll be there with uh, 38 other guys. It'll be 40 overall. And okay. they'll get an opportunity to sit down and meet and greet um meet and greet ownership GMs through the NFL accelerator program. Well, I'm looking here at the 33rd team and they have a list of, I have a question about this. I never heard of this, to be honest with you. Okay. So, it's something new. They started it last year. Okay. So not every team has two coaches. It sounds like there's 40 total Steelers right. happen to be two. Is it a minority program? Yeah. So it's a minority program. Okay. It gives, um, it gives the mind, you know, these minority coaches, in some cases, when they did it last year, it was front office people. The opportunity to go and sit down and meet the guys who make who did this basically the decision makers. That's great. That's a great idea. In the NFL, and yeah. you know because you can't hire who you don't know. As I said, it's kind of like watching tape of the upcoming opponent. Like the, I, I know a lot of times NFL teams, NFL owners get ripped for. Um, you know, they they hired they, they went the easy route. And they just hired some you know some guy who coached for them eight years ago, or somebody who, you know who who knew somebody who knew like that's how that's how hiring goes in every business. I said if I was hiring somebody and my best friend said hire this dude, I'm like I'll hire that dude. I mean that's referrals are what kind of makes the world go round, doesn't it? Yeah, you're going to lean that way. Yeah. Um. So this you know this is something that opens the door for some of these minority coaches, right. which is good. Uh, but I'm looking here at an article on the 33rd team, and it is seven coordinators who will be 2024 NFL head coaching candidates. It's by uh, Tom, or I'm sorry, Paul Demoinovich, okay. uh, who's their senior writer. Yeah. So I'm just going to roll through some of these names here, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Um, his first guy up on here is Dan Quinn. He's been around the block, and he's been, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's inter- he interviewed for three of the three of the five head coaching jobs this past off season. That he's been a head coach before. Like, is that the best we can come up with? I, I think they gave him big money for coordinator money this yeah. offseason, not to keep him away from the other teams, but kind of you know, just in case something else, you know, something happens. Yeah. He he could be Dallas's coach in waiting. Um. Yeah. Too. Like, could he even stay there and be the next, you know, promote from within type of deal? So here's one of the things. So years is a defense. He's been a defensive coordinator for four years. 
I guess, in Dallas. The record is defensive coordinator, 49 and 17. Well, I mean, I don't – win-loss is – I'm not sure win-loss is a quarterback stat. It definitely is not a coordinator. Definitely not a coordinator, especially a defensive <laughs> coordinator stat. And so they, they he then lists his Cowboys average defensive ranking in yards under Quinn, 15th. Cowboys 2022 defensive ranking, 12th. This makes yeah. him a head coaching candidate? I'd say that's not the best resume builder. And you might have the best defensive player in the league on your team too. I mean, yeah. that's helpful. One thing I will say about him is a lot of these Seattle-based defensive coordinators have not adjusted with the times and got kind of pushed out. You know, the cover three, single high, you know, all the Seattle stuff that took the league by storm. Well, that's not what Dallas runs. I mean, Dallas has adjusted and, you know, he, he he's evolved at least. Yeah. Number two guy on his list is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. That was the name that popped in my head immediately. Yeah. Like, 36 years old. Yeah. Um, last yeah. year was his first year as a coordinator. First year last year as a coordinator or second year? Yeah, I think it was first. Yeah. Um, you know. The tape heads rave about him, though. You know, the, the right. innovations, the little wrinkles, almost like Shanahan-esque of making all the plays look the same and then doing different variations. And I guess he's really smart, great communicator. Like you said, only 36. Like, he feels like a Steeler head coach hire, you know, you know what I mean? And then right, right, right. 20 years. Um, but years as an offensive coordinator won. They went nine and eight last year. They were fourth in total offense. So I get that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I get that one more than I get Dan Quinn. Right. Like at least at least a guy like Ben Johnson is a he's never done it before. He's never failed somewhere else. It's kind of like our backup conversation conversation, you know, conversation is Dan Quinn might be Colt McCoy. You know, like, I kind of know what he is. Right. I'd rather take a chance on Will Levis. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I know, again, I I saw Dan Quinn fail in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, With Matt Ryan and with, you know, with some pretty good guys. And that's always like, a weird thing to balance. Like, well, what did he learn in his first stint? And everyone was, well, Belichick didn't win in Browns. You know, does that mean he never should have been hired? Who knows? I mean, sometimes these guys have been in the league long enough, though, that kind of yeah. deal with it, you know. Um. The next one on the list is Brian Johnson, who is the Eagles offensive coordinator. He's 36 as well. However, this is his first year as a coordinator. Yeah. They lost both coordinators. So I mean, maybe he's the smartest how, guy on the planet. Yeah. How how you can say he's going to be a hot head coaching candidate this offseason when he's never done a thing? I mean, I guess the the, the logic is he was their Billy quarterback's coach. Billy's okay. really good. He helped develop Hurts. He's, I mean, Eagles and Chiefs coordinators are going to get a lot of attention. You know what I mean? But he's that whole, the whole, the whole help develop guys thing. Like I see people talk about Bruce Arians. Well, Bruce Arians helped develop uh, Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, they probably would have been good without Bruce. Mm, not so much either. You know, Tom Moore developed Peyton Manning. If right, you right. want to, you want to give somebody credit there, and Arians was the wide receivers coach for the first part of his stint with the Steelers when Ben Roethlisberger was young. He wasn't developing Ben. He was developing receivers. Right. Right. I, yeah. So this, the, the, the word, you know, too much credit is given in many of these cases. Like they all have PR guys writing their stuff for them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bruce Arian developed it. No, he didn't. No, yeah, he didn't. A lot too. I really think Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, I think they benefit at least as much from 
the quarterback coach that they're they're working with today when they're not even in the facility, you know, with Carson Palmer's brother and those type of dudes. You right. Know? The, I mean, those guys been every, I mean, break down everything about you, you know. Yeah. So Brian Johnson could be great. He might be great. Who knows? I, I have no idea, good. though. I have no idea if he's any good. Not a clue. Nor he's does like anybody else. So yeah. he's perfect. He's like the Lions, dude. If they have the number one offense in the league, he probably still isn't going to get hired after one year of being a coordinator. He should be on this list a year from now. Right. I could make a better better argument that Ben Johnson right. Right, right, did right. more with less. Like Ben right. Ben Johnson came out of nowhere last year. The, the the Lions came out of nowhere last year as an offense. Nobody expected that. Right, right. And they were the fourth best offense in the league, you know. Um, so we'll see. I mean, uh, to me, the jury's still out on Brian Johnson to say that he is a uh slam dunk head hot head coaching candidate. I don't know that. Yeah, who knows? Right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The next one is Eric Bieniemy, who's now the offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. No, he's interviewed a million times. And he's interviewed a million, which tells me a lot. Right, right, right. And I know he's he's the guy that everybody points to. Well, he, you know, he's he's had he's been interviewed sixteen times by fifteen teams for head coaching jobs. Wow. And nobody has hired him. I mean, this is public knowledge. He has some sort of checkered past. I don't know what kind of trouble he got into as a younger man, but he got into some kind of trouble. Right. And it also just implies he's not the best interview ever. So what's he do? He takes a lateral move to go from the Super Bowl champs to a team at the time that had disastrous ownership and um, environment to be the offensive coordinator in Washington just to get out of Andy Reid's shadow and show the world that he can do things on his own. Which I kind of get. I mean, if Washington's a top, oh, I think it was. I think it was absolutely the move for him to make. Yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, coaching Mahomes with Andy Reid, it's hard to get credit. You know, at the same time, I get a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. (laughs) Right, that's not a bad life being the quarterback. (laughs) And I, oh, by the way, I've gotten sixteen head coaching interviews in the last last few years. Still, I can't. I, I can't blame anybody else. For not getting those jobs, am I mad at Andy because Andy insists on calling the plays? Right. Which, which then leads me to this about Eric. They have the little thing here in the tag about Eric Bieniemy. Years as OC five, record as OC sixty four and eighteen. Okay, Andy Reid's calling the plays. Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> right. average offensive ranking under Bieniemy second. Andy Reid's calling the plays. I can't say this enough. Now I will say this. Andy Reid also called the plays before this, and he also called the plays in Philadelphia. And his offensive coordinators, who were white, got other jobs. So I get when when people argue that race yeah, is a yeah. factor here. I get it, one hundred percent. But race but it's is not, not it's, 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 into it's, conversation. He might yeah. not be a good interview. I mean, he might not be a head coach. Yeah, he might not be, or I mean, he sits down with the owners and doesn't do well. I, I don't. I mean. It, He's 0 for 16 in interviews. He wouldn't be the first guy that that's happened to. Right, right. I mean, the fact that he's 0 for 16 in interviews, I think, speaks a lot. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, is one year in, in, in Washington going to reinvent Eric Bieniemy? Are they going to be a top 10 offense in Washington? I don't think so. I don't either. But, I mean, if he can turn – whether he's the reason Sam Howell's good or not – 
it, it is kind of a good move for him, except he's not going to get Super Bowl rings and he could get fired after the year where that would have happened in Kansas City. Right. But he could at least go to owners and be like, look what I did with Sam Howell. I made him the 15th best quarterback in the league. It wasn't just, you know. Yeah. If that happens. If that happens. He's betting on himself, which in this case, though, is a tough bet to win. Yeah. Uh, the next guy up is Brian Callahan, who is the Bengals offensive coordinator. Well, he didn't look. He didn't look all that smart when he didn't have Joe Burrow. Right, right, right. Kind of like their head coach, to be honest. Yeah, kind of like the head coach. Uh, he's been their offensive coordinator for four years. Twenty-eight, thirty-six, and one. The Bengals' average offensive ranking under Callahan. What do you think it would be in four years? Burrow's been there for three. Yes. Well, and he missed. He missed a good. Yeah, he missed a good chunk of his first year. But I still, bet their average is seventeenth. Nineteenth. And they were like two last year. They were eighth last year. Eighth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if Brian Callahan does get a head coaching job somewhere, he should send half of his check to Joe Burrow. Yeah. He may be the salt of the earth and the smartest man ever, but his resume doesn't scream anything. I always have a hard time commenting on assistant coaches, I mean, to be very honest. But – if you just showed me a piece of paper with his name on it and all his accomplishments, it's not that impressive. Yeah. And I also look at it like, okay, who did he coach under? You know, this is where people talk about coaching trees. Yeah. yeah. Do I really want Zach Taylor's? Right. Dude. And I don't know if Callahan came with Taylor from the Rams. I don't know. Go back that far in his history. Is there? Yeah. I, I don't know where all that stuff. I don't know. if I think, I think Taylor might call the offensive plays there too. I was thinking that too. I almost said that because I think you started that sentence with Cincinnati coordinator. And I was going to say, Oh, Lou Omarumo. Yeah. That's coordinator. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Callahan calls the offensive play. So I had the same issues with him that I had with the enemy with Kansas city. Like, with I don't know. I don't know. If Brian Callahan knows what he's doing. Right, right. Right. This might be the worst candidate yet on paper. Right. Um, next up is Lou Anarumo. The Bengals okay. offensive coordinator. No, I think he's good. I think he's a great defensive mind. But he's 56. Yeah. Um, his I, years. I, I, I don't know the human being, but I think he's kind of a snarly old school coach. You yeah. know, like, he might not be a leader of men. He might just be a really good coordinator. He's been a, he's been a defensive coordinator for five years. Okay. So it's, he doesn't have a, I mean, he was a, a position coach for a long time before that. Mm-hmm. His record as a defensive coordinator, 34, 46, and 1. The Bengals' average defensive ranking under him. What do you think it is? Probably not good because, I mean, the year they got Burrow, they had the first pick of the draft because they stunk on offense and stuck on defense. 22nd. 22nd. Top five defense. The Bengals' 2022 defensive ranking, 16th. Wow, I was going to say 10th. Yeah. No, I think he's a good position coach. I think he's a good coordinator. Yeah, yeah, I but I don't know that I want to hand my my team over to him. Yeah, again, again, I don't know the human being. He might be the best interview. He might be a great leader of men. Not the impression I get. Yeah. Um, I think the final guy. Yeah, this is the final guy in this list. A hero, Avero, the Panthers' defensive coordinator, forty-two years old. Um, just took the job. As a defensive coordinator, he was with. I say, I don't think he was a D coordinator last year. Well, I thought he was with uh, the Broncos. 
Yeah, he was a Broncos defensive coordinator last year. Okay, okay. Um, did a good job. Right. But he's got the stink of Nathaniel Hackett all over him. Right, right. Um, you know. He took over for Fangio. Hackett took over for Fangio and hired him as the D.C. And Fangio yeah. was the D.C. before that. And so. I think they continue to do a lot of the same things that Fangio had done because that's what they had there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they kept the defense the same, yeah. Yeah. Wisely, you know, right. <clears throat> and so, <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think, you know, he's a, he's a young up-and-coming guy. I want to see more. Right, right, right. I, say, I don't know how to comment on him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, other coaches on the radar. And, wow. The first guy on there is Thomas Brown, the Panthers offensive coordinator. He could walk into this room right now, and I wouldn't know who he is. Yeah, I don't have no idea. And I do this. Names, I'm sure. I do this for a living. Uh, the other, the other three guys I have heard of: Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's a name you always hear. Yeah, Jared Mayo, the Patriots' inside linebacker coach. Well, I, it's my understanding he's been off. He's been basically got the uh, the sweetheart deal that he's been promised. He'll replace Bill. Yeah, yeah. So. And then Ken Dorsey, the Bills' offensive coordinator. Only one-year coordinator. One-year coordinator, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't super impressed with what the Bills did offensively last year. No, they took a step backwards after behind Dable after Dable. Yeah. So, are we done with this conversation? I got a quick question for you. No, I, you know, I saw to me like if if you were ma- when you were making this list five six years ago. Yeah. Terrell Austin's name was on this list. Yeah, that was a point I was going to bring up, too. Like, does it shock you that he's not even on the list? He's got as good a resume, if not better, than some of these other guys. Right. We've both been around him. He's smart. He's personable. You know, I'm sure. Now, you know, working against him is kind of like, you know, when we talked about Anaromo, um, he's a little older. Yeah, yeah. He's in his, you know, I think he's 58. But that doesn't mean he's done... You know, if the Steelers go out and have one of the top defenses in the league this year, mm-hmm. how does Terrell Austin not get interviews for for a head coaching job? You would think. I mean, I wonder if there's a little bit of Reed the enemy there. It's Tomlin's defense. You know what I mean? Austin, may, I mean, I, I don't know. The enemy got six, uh, right, there's 16 interviews, <laughs> you know. Right. I, yeah. Where's the love? I, I don't I don't know. Um, and I think, you know, every year we see like nobody had ever heard last year at this time of of uh, Ben Johnson. Nobody had ever heard of of uh, the uh, Carolina guy, um, Evero. No. Nobody knew who those guys were. No, no, no. Of course. Heck, for you know, at this point in 2007 or 2006. Mike Tomlin was largely an unknown name among so many of these guys. Yeah. Aren't well-known coordinators, you know, before they get hired. So to me, you know, and so again, that, that brings me back to the Dan Quinn slash Eric B conversation. Like, do we have to keep bringing up this? Like at what point do you just say, you know what? That's enough. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like you right. are what you are. Let's just move on here. You, you know, in in the case, like Raheem Morris to me, that's a great one. He's. I think. I think he's better than those guys. Yeah, I know. I agreed. 
I know he's close with Coach Tomlin, and you can see why. I mean, he has a lot of. I mean, he did a good job in Tampa Bay, right? And has never gotten another shot. No, he's a great example. I, I, he would be somebody who would be on my short list of all the names we mentioned. I think he might be my favorite candidate. You know, if I was an owner. I mean, you're talking. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, he's he got three years basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So I got two little, I got one more nugget on this. Go ahead. Yeah. Is, I know a lot of our listeners wanted an offensive coordinator change in Pittsburgh. And folks, if you don't know this, 16 new play callers of 32 are in place this year. And scoring was down. And I believe, and I'm not defending Matt Cannon one way or another. You, you know, it, I believe many of those moves were made just to make a move. Were there really 16 new offensive coordinators just jumping off the page that needed a job that were overqualified for? Well, I mean, like six of those were because the team made a change of head coach, too. Well, that's true, too. Right. But my point is, it wasn't a good year to go shopping for a new coordinator. For one thing, it's not a great year to go shopping for a head. All those names you listed, it's not like, man, I'm jealous. Oh, that guy's, yeah, I got to get you know, that guy. Like, yeah. It, there's not like there's this deep pool of, Kyle Shanahan's out there that you just dip your your fishing rod in and pull three or four of them out. You know what I mean? So say yeah. what you want about the Steelers' offense coordinator situation. If they saw somebody they thought was better, I bet they would have gone and get them. You know, like it, well, it, I I, I, I think mean? when I look at that situation, I, I look at it this way. So year one for Matt Canada, they're basically running Ben Roethlisberger's stuff. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a coordinator, basically in name only, mm-hmm. because they were going to do whatever whatever Ben thought they needed to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. And he had earned that over his eighteen years. And you know, you're going to stick with 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 what he what he can do, what he's physically capable to do, which was That's way different than what he was physically capable of doing even five years ago. I would say, I mean, a, an unkind way of saying it, but with all respect to Ben. You're coaching around some obvious limitations of that version of right, you know. Right, he's not gonna sit in the pocket for seven seconds and shrug off Terrell Suggs. You know, no, that wasn't that wasn't what he was gonna do anymore. So you had that two years ago, which is Canada's first year as as coordinator. Last year is sort of similar, but the opposite. But the opposite. You're working with a with with two quarterbacks who are brand new. One of them is a rookie. Um, You're trying to cobble ways together to more or less protect your quarterback, especially when Pickett became the starter. Mm-hmm. Again, you're coaching around limitations. Right. I mean, every. I mean, that's part of coaching. I mean, there's things that Kansas City doesn't ask Mahomes to do over and over again either, you know, but. Yeah. It's kind of the same way, like when the, when this, in 2018 or 2019, I'm sorry. I mean, you look at that year for Randy Feekner with, with Mason Rudolph and, and, Duck Hodges both making their first career starts in that season, especially the games with Duck at quarterback. You're just you're just trying to survive. You're trying to survive. You're trying to get first downs. You're trying to right, right, right. So yeah. you know, so you know, to me, that's why that's why you bring Matt Canada back. Did mm-hmm. I see enough last year, particularly in the second half of the season, to say, okay, this guy deserves a, another chance? I did. There was okay. I'll, I'll, there was definite progress from from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. It was, was almost night and day. Yeah, there was an identity. There was progress. 
it was by far, by far, by far, I just wrote this article, the youngest offense in the entire league. Is change good for the youngest offense in the entire league in a second-year quarterback? Particularly when what I was doing in the second half was working. Right, right, right. Like, if if, if that's going to be your identity and uh, everything that they've done this offseason says, yeah, that's going to be their identity. They're going to be – they want to run the football and, and beat people up in the trenches. Uh, I mean, okay, he showed that, he showed that you could do that. Mm-hmm. That was something that, that, you know, they didn't do it with Todd Haley. They didn't do it with Randy Feekner, despite at times, uh, you know, Art Rooney, the second coming down, said, we need to run the ball better. And then the next year they come out and average 90 yards rushing again. Yeah. Well, okay, now, you know, our, we need to run the ball better. And lo and behold, they did. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it, it's just real easy to say offense coordinator stinks. They're going to score points. He stinks, blah, blah, blah. You know, like there is context. And that's why going through that list of these guys are going to be head coaches next year. Are they really all that great? I mean, is there, are there a bunch of studs out there right now that are obvious head coaches that will win games in this league? No, not to my, not to my knowledge. And we know based on history, there's going to be five or six changes at the end of this year. Absolutely, and th- those same five or six will get fired two years. If ago. I was if I was Four. fishing in that pool, I would not be real like keen on saying, "Oh yeah, let's go hire one of these dudes." The bad pool. The bad pool. It's not a great pool. Yeah, polluted yeah, pool. Yeah, it's bad. Which is why you know these things that the that the league has. Maybe of these forty guys who go to this coaching seminar or uh, at, at the at the meetings, maybe three of them become guys that. Oh, hey, I talked. To, I remember talking to this guy at the. Yeah, let's bring him suppose, back. Yeah, let's 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 bring him in for an interview. That's how Mike Tomlin got his. You know, Mike Tomlin was not the forerunner in two in, or the front runner in two thousand seven. Every, right. I mean, everybody, including myself, assumed it was going to be Ken Wisenhunt or Russ Grimm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here comes Mike Tomlin, on the, you know, coming on the outside, uh, you know, and, and the other two guys get pinned in the rail and they don't get it. Uh, and now, Tomlin I mean, does. I'm making this up. This is hypothetical, of course. But Mr. Rooney might be blown away by a 35-year-old defensive back coach from the Chargers or whatever. And... Four years from now, Tomlin retires off in the sunset, and he thinks, let's call that guy. I remember him, you know? Yeah, I met him at that symposium, and I, he had some good stuff to say. Yeah, I, I, so. he's with me, you know? I mean, he had an aura about him. Let's let's bring him in. And well, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the aura. You're looking right, for right. a guy who can be a leader of men. Yeah. Because that's the main job of your head coach. Like, can he lead a room of 53 diverse personalities? Exactly. I mean, he has that or is, yeah. higher, you know, right. So anyway, before we go off, all right, go ahead. This is totally different fantasy related. I am doing my first ever best ball underdog tournament and I am one pick away and I'm taking a quarterback. Is it fields burrow or Herbert? This is just, this is not dynasty, right? No, it's not dynasty. It's best ball. It's you set your, you draft your team. You never change it. They're big rosters. And if you have three quarterbacks on your roster, whoever has the best week in week 12, you get their points. Just like I take, I take fields. I think, I think I'm going to take fields. Yeah. Because he's going to have the biggest blow up games. And then I'll get like a Kirk cousins or something. Yeah. You get somebody else to give you a nice floor, but you yeah, take fields because of the upside. Yeah. That's my plan. I, mean, I have one pick away. I'm hoping fields doesn't fall, but I would settle for Burrow or Herbert. Yeah. 
Hey, did you miss any of our show today? You can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcast shows, such as The Drive in the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, The Steelers Blitz with Wes and Motes, The Steelers Standard with Tom and Jacob, as well as many more. They're all available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.